in my younger days, this would have been a dangerous situation. <laughs> What's the statute of limitations for drunk driving? But I used to, we used to drunk drive to this Burger King right here. That was pre the diner. But had the diner been here with booze, oh, definitely. <laughs> that would have been bad. To the Burger King, huh? Yeah. Nice. As we sit here telling stories till it's quarter after three. The details are so gory, but that's how they're supposed Remember, kids, don't drink and drive. No matter how much you want that Whopper and those chicken fries. Mmm, <laughs> chicken fries. But... Nah, we go up a level on this show. Welcome to Talking at the Diner. I'm your host, John Kim Fay, and man, I could go for a nice, big, fat, juicy burger right about now. <laughs> and spoiler alert, that's what I ordered when I got together with today's guest at Andy's Diner and Pub in Conshohocken, PA, Jamie Salvatore, who puts the Jamie in Jamie and the Guarded Heart, has become a dear friend of mine over the past couple of years, and his band, which he formed a little over a half decade ago with his wife Morgan and childhood friends Graham and Carly, is honestly the type of band you can't help but root for. Their name is fitting, yet... A little deceptive because so many of Jamie's anthemic songs wear their rock and roll heart right on their sleeve for all to see. Here's a little taste of Jamie and the Garden Heart to rile you up. I really appreciate Jamie doing this episode of The Pod with me, because when we got together, the band had just endured a heartbreaking gut punch. They had just sold out an upcoming theater show, weeks in advance, I might add, only to have the venue pull out of the event the following day, right after it sold out, leaving several months of work, preparation, and promotion in a rubble pile, which, yes, contained some valuable lessons, but also left the band wondering how to recover and ultimately bounce back. You know, so much of what working musicians go through involves a test of your resilience in coming back from these, you know, horror stories, but not everyone is willing to talk about it so candidly, so I really appreciate that he did that. You know, we're conditioned to think that we have to present our lives and careers as a perpetually sunny-side-up thing, day in and day out, and that's just not how it goes, man. So I genuinely loved our conversation, and we'll get into it in just a second. But I do have one quick word to say about my upcoming memoir, The Yin and the Yang of It All, if you're hearing this podcast prior to April 4th, 
2023, the book is available now for pre-order, and you can find links to a few different online retailers at my website, johnfay.com. You know, you'll hit that landing page and you'll have a chance to pre-order your very own copy of the yin and the yang of it all today. And huge thanks to those who already pre-ordered, because guess what? You made the book an Amazon bestseller on the very first day of pre-sale. What? What, 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 what? It's true. In fact, it went to number one in the performing arts industry category. Admittedly, a tad niche, but fuck it. It's number one. And it even made the top three in categories like rock band biographies. (laughs) My publisher sent me a screenshot of my book sitting at number three, just behind Dave Grohl and Bono. Heady stuff. (laughs) Heady stuff. Now, um, people have to read it and like it, but we'll find that all out in April. And obviously, if you're hearing this after April 4th, 2023, um, it's out. So please order one. Um, Maybe form a book club with your friends. All right, enough of all that. We have a conversation to get to. So, without further ado, this is me and Jamie Salvatore of Jamie and the Guarded Heart, right here on Talking at the Diner. Everything is on the table when we're talking at the diner. It's harder now to go to, like, being vegan like to oh, yeah i didn't even think about uh, it you think they'll have something that you the eat? salad and french fries they're it's like okay, a fun great. thing to eat um <laughs> everybody loves that stuff i know oh, I this guy gets up. but yeah that's so we don't get to go to diners because like who the hell wants to go to a diner it's funny you say that because um there's actually this diner in new jersey that uh, i went to once uh-huh that's got a complete vegan menu i was very impressed with it uh, that's amazing. Well, there was a diner in Brooklyn called Champs that was okay. there for like 15 years. They just closed, but they like they just closed like two days ago. They wow. were amazing. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> and it was all vegan, but like all diner food, huh. eggs, burgers. Wow. You know, pancakes. Like, and so why'd they close? I I was asking Morgan that. She said they didn't really. They, the thing was kind of vague. Oh, okay. Maybe, I mean, New York. Maybe lease was up. Who knows? Hi. My mom, before she passed away, I used to bring her here all the time. Really? She used to love this place. So this place has been around then? Yeah. So you've had a time lately. Yeah, it's been um, awful. Awful. I'm so sorry, man. Thank you. Like, it, it's, um... Like, what was the deal? I mean, as you know... Like, there's always weird things in our industry, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's never the way it seems. It never could be as good as it could be. But yeah. uh, it, what, the way that it was, I, I don't know, if, and I also don't know if I'll ever get the full story, right, okay. about anything. So, but from what I understand is they didn't check the date. They booked it with us. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they booked it with the production company I used. Mm-hmm. Everything was confirmed, and uh, they have a big production coming in called Tuck Everlasting which I'm sure you've heard of it's been around forever so 
when you when you come to a long run of a play, they have to build the sets, and they do that early. So I don't know if they came in, they let them in early to build the sets, and then they couldn't move the sets, or there was construction, because there is construction going on in the building. Okay. So like, it's unclear if they're using the construction excuse as why, mm. or if they let this company in like a week early. So I don't know which one it is. It, I guess it, it doesn't really matter, right? Because like, at the end of the day, you still don't have your show. It's just, it's just really unfortunate because why it's nice talking to you is because you've been through every part of this industry and you've been <laughs> beaten well, down. That is true. <laughs> um, I don't know that I've ever had a sold-out show pulled out from under me, though. <laughs> yeah, that's a new. That's a new one. Yeah, it's honestly. pretty great. Um, so, but you know that like, it's really hard to push a hundred percent for long periods of time, mm-hmm. and keep that keep that fire, you know. Yeah. Of and course. so we were using this show as kind of like the gauge, as how we were going to move forward. Because when Morgan and I started this band, we felt. So we started this band, and we said we're going to give it five years, because mm-hmm. I came from the bar industry. It's a five-year plan. Yeah. Right. Well, in, in most bars, it takes you five years before you turn a profit. And I wasn't considering a profit. I was just saying to where I felt like, if this felt like a sustainable entity, that we could move forward in five years. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't question it in five years. We would go forward no matter how much it hurt, like how much we would just, yeah. you know, go forward. And... Uh, Five years was uh, this past September. That was okay. the five years. So we were kind of like, well, COVID really, I don't... That what, eats a year. What counts, least. right, yeah. Right. Or more, right, in our industry. So yeah. So we said, let's just, like, try to figure out how we're going to push forward. In, like, over the next couple months, we'll decide in January what this looks like. Because mm-hmm. we have the dimension, the added dimension of being a married couple... And this is true. So it's eaten a lot of our life. And that's mm-hmm. been fine. Y'all ready? A few more minutes. I just need a minute. You got Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> well, they have Greek specialties. Oh. I'm not, I'm not seeing a large amount of things. Plus... My menu has a big bite taken out of the upper right hand corner. <laughs> well, that that's how they tell you not to get that. Mm. Yeah, nah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's the I wouldn't. Somebody yeah. actually, the person before you, did you a salad? They were like, I'm just going to take well, this off is, the menu for the, now. It is the seafood, seafood section. I know, I looked what it was. You don't do that at a diner, so that's probably. They're like, nah, I'm ripping serve and turf right out of this. Yeah, I'm just going to let you know that this is not happening for you. <laughs> That was like how they were like their one good deed. <laughs> I don't know. I've been eating a lot of salad lately, to be honest. I'm gonna just get a burger. Dude, do the burger. Let me smell it. Yeah. All right. Enjoy it. <laughs> um, they don't have like a Beyond Burger here. Do you eat that stuff? I do. Yeah. So how the, is it? All right. So this is the deal. Um vegan for ethical not for health okay so i eat every terrible thing and it's <laughs> so all and you could care less if your veganism kills you right <laughs> i'm 100 serious i only do it for the animals i don't do it for myself mm. um so and after like four or five years 
except for like cheese, like cheese that you would like cut like a like brie. Yeah, mm-hmm. you go taste blind to pretty much everything else, and you don't really remember. Right. Like so, so like I'll never say that like if you were a guy who liked steak, that's nev- was never me anyway. But I'm a guy who liked a cheeseburger, so melted mm. vegan cheese on a beyond on an impossible burger. Yeah, that does it. After for you. a few years, you don't really even recognize it. But yeah. I do miss like a cheese platter because that. I gotcha. Is you can't so, uh, no matter how good it is. Charcuterie board. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sad. <laughs> My friend just did that with pasta. Really? So all different. <laughs> different kinds of pasta and then like cheese for like mac and cheese alfredo like he did like <laughs> i was like very clever very, i know <laughs> all right man I i'm very it. rarely impressed by that friend so <laughs> like he really like moved up a couple of i was like wow in your view <laughs> i was like what happened to you he's awful he's an awful person no, but not like, a good human being but man he, <laughs> Gets those cheese sauces happening. I just have to let people know that this guy <laughs> did this one good thing. Right. So, um, so what I'm saying is that so we we did this five year plan and mm-hmm. we were like, you know, like we'll we won't question it. We'll just run straight into this brick wall. And then, um, yeah. So that September date came around, and and you know we weren't sure to deduct a year for COVID. We we're just like, let's just kind of all the best. Um, and then. Uh, so this show was going to kind of be the gauge, mm-hmm. but it wasn't just going to be the gauge of like, could we get, we called it the no excuses show internally. We built a show that like, if you were like a supporter of our band, this was an easy, it was like right in the middle of like where we're from mm-hmm. on a Saturday night, a seated venue. It wasn't a bop, like there were right. a million. It's, it's a bigger uh you know, it's it's more of a concert. Totally, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. we stepped up the concept of it to, to make it feel that way. You know, did the VIP stuff, did all the stuff. You know, mm-hmm. um, but we weren't just going to use it as like, you know, if people want tickets, that would be the gauge. It was kind of like, would anyone in the industry see it? Not that any of it was like a move forward or don't move forward. It was just going to kind of just let us see it all, and mm-hmm. so. Cancellation was kind of part of seeing where we were, oddly enough, because the heartbreak of it was part of where we, we've been through, that you will know, that every musician knows. To be like at the finish line, to have done, it like literally took seven months, and like nobody questioned that it took that long, but it's putting together something like that is a lot of things, you know? Um, and uh, to sell it out on Monday and cancel it on Tuesday was. Just unbelievable. I still find myself like asking Morgan, is it really canceled? It's like I can't like process. And there was nothing you could do to just like move it to another place because it was like a specific. Yeah, and it's really hard to explain that to people. They're like, why not just go to the fire hall? And I'm like, well. That's not why we did this. There's a theater (laughs) two blocks away. Yeah. And we tried to get them before we canceled it. And I was basically to the production company that was working with us. I was like, if they're available. I'm not even worried about this. Like, we'll just... I could literally have someone stand outside the door of this place and point them to... Like, it's that close, right. you know? Yeah. Um, but if they're not available, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I think this is going to have to be a canceled show. Like, and just saying it out loud in that moment. It happened one week ago today. So in saying that out loud in that moment, I was just like, is this, like, my life right now? Like, well, you know, <laughs> I saw your post. It was today or yesterday where you're like, all right, we... <laughs> licked our wounds for a week. I mean, listen, man, it's, this is something that, 
you know, your typical music fan doesn't even really think about is like how much goes into the planning of that one night that they bought a ticket for. And, you know, how does it, how do you deal with that disappointment? Like, what did you guys do? Um, got <laughs> a drunk. Uh, but we kind of, and I was telling Morgan, I was a little nervous to talk tonight because we've been having a lot of conversations up to now, up until that cancellation that got a little bit more real after the cancellation. Because, like, we didn't want to do anything that was rash, like, no. well, screw this, like, um, but we did, because we released a, like, our dates, our over the next and we're all over the place until mm -hmm. June because mm -hmm. we had this like kind of like this big show and then we were like and now we'll announce these we're touring all the way down through Atlanta and like over the next you know right but so it's not like you are not continuing to do stuff right but we decided to take July August September away like not rehearsing not meaning you're just not doing band stuff yeah right which Three months is not that long, you know, number one. But, because we have stuff until like June 25th and then, and then the three months after that. But, because like if you think about anybody that goes on like a long tour or a record cycle, like that's very natural to take oh, no, a little it's, time. It's very natural. Um, I don't think anyone would think anything about that. But we've never done that as, as a band in the last almost six years. So, I'm really... And we kind of decided that that's that's how we kind of grieved this process was like okay let's let's spend a couple of weeks to feel sorry for ourselves and like then let's like look ahead and see how we really want this to play out and uh, we unfortunately have reached a point where we're like not enjoying a lot of the stuff like where it feels like what we're putting in isn't equaling the reward it's not yielding what you would want um which well, is very normal. I don't feel like some sort of, like, why am I not the guy? Or, like, any of those feelings. I mean, there's always an element of feeling that way. I think we all feel that way. Why are we the person, you know? Um, that's why we got into this problem. Well, the grass is always <laughs> Right, right. But I want to enjoy my life. And, and I think in a, we need to get some perspective back. And I think that a little break will help that. I think so. You have to still remember that you like anytime somebody sells out a show in advance of the show yeah. I mean I was I was all so excited that the Caulfield show in November sold out you know eight hours before doors <laughs> you had way more people there than we were gonna have <laughs> um, but the point is it's like you know you can do it because you did it yeah, we sold out in like you know, three weeks, I think it was. So, look, there's no reason why you can't somehow regroup and, you know, try to do it at a venue that's, I assume that since I've never been to a show there, that it's not really a traditional venue for something like this. Right, it's not super common. They've done them, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, and they've done them with the production company we were working with. Who is just the production company has been amazing, like so supportive through this process. Mm -hmm. But right. no, this is not like, you know, the Keswick where like mm -hmm. they have done this thing, Tower, 
for us to get to a theater, I had to like sell a lot of people the idea. Morgan was like, a rock and roll show in a theater. I was like, you're forgetting. That was the next step right. in like the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Like for rock bands, they would get out of clubs and before they got to right. the spectrum, <laughs> it was theater. They would, they would play the tower. Right, exactly. Right. I was like, this is how you, like this is the natural thing for rock bands. It's just, we have forgotten right. that this is like what would happen, you know? And there's so much lobbying <laughs> to be like. So you have to, <laughs> you have to sell how many people in your band and then so how did you go through the process of even contacting this venue and so saying, the production companies does do? done stuff okay they've been partners in a right. lot of things so this this runs deeper than than just us like right. it's a tough situation for a lot of people when you're the engine of something and you're trying to make something happen um, it's amazing the amount of decisions that you can second guess later like, should we have gotten a contract? And I'm like, would anybody even sign a contract for something like this? You know what I mean? Like, it's. And, and I mean, look, it's always a question because it's like, if someone were to breach that contract, are you really going to take them to court? I, I know that that's <laughs> like know? literally, and that's exactly what I said. <laughs> My dad was like, "Oh, we should do," and I was like. Uh, what? what? Yeah. It's gonna cost way more than I would have made. That's, <laughs> the, that's, that's the point. <laughs> and I was like, you and know. frankly, like, um, I've always admired people in in any industry that takes things gracefully, that can mm-hmm. speak honestly about their feelings, but doesn't need to. I don't want anybody's head on a platter. I'm, I'm, I think through therapy in my twenties, I I don't get mad anymore. I like look at myself in the situation and I go, okay, like, what's your accountability in it? Okay, well, you did everything you could do. It's okay to just grieve the loss. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be mad, you know? Right. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm not. I'm just sad, you know? <laughs> like, well, you know, I mean, you could be mad for a while. Right. Just don't carry it with you and don't let it cloud future decisions. That's really the thing. I mean, totally. Anger can be power, as <laughs> a wise man once said. <laughs> I just feel like um, we. No meat, no cheese. Oh, yeah. Perfect, right? Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. And it's all so the meat. This is all thank the meat. Thank you. Awesome. Very okay. much. Uh, just the French fries whenever you get some time. Awesome, thank you. Um, just the French fries. I really don't want this. I want the French So it just feels. It feels weird to be deciding to take a little break, um, and it feels like kind of sad. I think sometimes, like probably every band that has ever been and ever will be, we just wonder why why we feel like we haven't gotten some of the things that we've wanted. Not not that other people have gotten them, but more of an why we haven't done the right things to get. I don't know, put on like big shows or. Or, and I think it kind of just sometimes maybe feels like it wears you down a little bit when you feel like you're spinning your wheels. In that moment, it can be easy to overlook the things that are happening for you that are amazing, you know? Right. And I think that that's part of the reason to want to step away so that we can see that stuff. When you have a little perspective Mm -hmm. and you're not just in the grind of another string of shows or whatever. Absolutely. Or another, quote, sense. failure. Like, like you just go, oh, all I can look at is the fact that this show isn't happening. 
not the fact that all of these people showed up. We sold 30 VIP packages. Like that's my point, man. Like, and it's just easy that, to kind of. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm a one cupper. You're like I'll never sleep again. I just don't like my blend being fucked with. Mm. You topped me off. I gotta. I've never heard anyone say that, but I, I, need, I always wonder that. I need more cream. I need more sugar. That's like if I was drinking a margarita and somebody's like, should I add? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I like the taste. I got it to where I like it. Exactly. The prevailing thought about all this will be we sold it out and we sold 30 VIP tickets. And you could do it again this time at a place that's going to keep the date. <laughs> Somebody's like, if they had a wedding, <laughs> would they just tell the bride no thanks? <laughs> I mean... I was like, I don't... It's like, weird. Mm -hmm. um, that's why... I'll never feel like I'll... I'll get... Get the whole truth. Mm. You know? But I'm not going to... Uh, that's the last thing I, I even want to think about. It's it's more just about like wanting to uh, wanting to like love the hunt of this all mm -hmm. as much. And I feel like um, I feel like sometimes I feel very responsible for why we are burned out. And 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 I don't mean that in a. Uh, in like I made wrong decisions I felt as though I very much didn't allow our band to organically grow I I, I saw every thing that could be a potential help and I said let's try it as opposed to like naturally kind of going through I didn't say I'd, I'm not saying I wanted to jump the line in things I think that I just reached out to everyone that like you should try this person sure like you should work with this person, sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think it led to a seven-day-a-week schedule <laughs> for five years. And oh, excuse oh, me. And even through COVID, you know, we released three songs, and, and we did, you know, um, uh, we shot our own music videos, and I mean, we were busy the whole time. Right. Um, and uh, and I think that that's part of, and I take that responsibility because, you know, Morgan is is very much like. Uh, instinctual like gut kind of person and she can see something from a mile away and be like no thanks and I'm someone that's like well maybe we should just try for eight months and then uh, when I'm miserable after that we'll say no more <laughs> and uh, she was you know do you really know <laughs> exactly. until, <laughs> until they beat I'm you down miserable. <laughs> yeah and uh, so I think I did a lot of that and I think that that caused because I, I felt the whole time like I had five years to convince Morgan that, well, not convince. I felt as though I, I, Morgan was taking this huge risk with me, and I didn't want to let her down. Right. I wanted to give her a payoff mm -hmm. at the end of it. And what I forgot is that Morgan's like a really wonderful partner, and mm -hmm. that she also never does things she doesn't want to do. <laughs> And so that she was with me, and I wasn't trying to prove to her that we had something special. She knew that the whole time. Yeah, man. <clears throat> I mean, you can tell 
he's 100% bought in to the whole thing. You know, it's not like... like Begrudgingly being there. Yeah, I would yeah. never get that impression from watching you guys. That no, and I think that sometimes maybe in the pursuit of wanting to give her that, I forgot that, like, that she was with me in it, and um, I think that that led me to choosing to expedite some processes or, or to try to work with this person or when it didn't when we could have had we just kind of stayed our our path mm-hmm. it probably maybe would have been more enjoyable and less uh, arduous and less uh, what part is arduous to you you know I think I think it was it's really the feeling of failure which I don't even think it's and and, and that and comes how are you defining this failure that's, that's my question that's exactly it it's that's exactly what I was gonna say it's like I feel like we've kind of we me <laughs> I've kind of set up these like things that I assume are benchmarks of success mm-hmm. so I, I here's a really good example so we all understand that what we see from other people on Instagram is not the whole truth. We all know this. Like, we all know that it's a... It's barely the truth <laughs> at all. Right. But How, go ahead. However, we've all kind of bought into the insanity that this is real because we are now... We've all bought into perception as reality for mm-hmm. some reason. But even though we know that what we're seeing is not the truth... And we tell ourselves it's not as good as whatever we're seeing. We still then start to drill down further and go and try to find indicators in there of what is the truth. Mm-hmm. And then that this makes me sound like an insane person with like a cork board and string, but like I think a lot of us do this, you know. And I think that we can do that with everything if we're not careful about just paying attention to our own life. And I think I got caught in that tidal wave or the, that the uh, comparing to. Oh, everyone else who's trying to do the same thing as you. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's not math. <laughs> you know, it's not like this person has seven apples and you have six apples. It's like mm-hmm. nothing like that. Right. But we try to make it like that because that's easier to understand <laughs> for right. feeble brains. Maybe just me, I don't know. But. And I think that has been arduous, living through that. Living through that thought process and uh, mm-hmm. and and trying to and even if you have a concept something that you love so much like I started playing guitar and singing because like I literally wanted to connect with people and mm-hmm. like every musician says that but it's the truth and every That's musician that I'm friends truth. with this is really why they started because they wanted to sing and they wanted to like sing to someone mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier than talking, and like, <laughs> and you start, and and then you start playing like the the age game too. You're like, am I aging out? Like, and what does that even mean? <laughs> you know, like you start. Well, I just rolled my <laughs> eyes at you, just so you know. But we start to go, especially if you're a music dork like me. You're like, well, this person was signed by the time they were 25 and had a gold record by the time they were 28. And you're just like, well, that was about 25 years ago for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, 
Well, I think it comes down to remembering as often as you can, like, why, why am I doing this, you know? As you said, is it to reach these benchmarks of success that I have constructed in my mind as to whether I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use that to determine whether it was all worth it or am I, like you said, enjoying the hunt of it, you know, I like how you put that. I feel like I'm perpetually on the hunt. Yeah. And, and I, think I like it that way. I like when I'm on the hunt, but I don't like when I look over and see what everyone else has killed. <laughs> Everyone has their um, <laughs> figurative, you know, giant bass that they're holding into the camera. Right. Mm -hmm. I always say, the funny thing is, my favorite advice to give younger musicians is look at it all like a waiting room. You better bring a good magazine and you better enjoy the time in the waiting room because you may never get called back to the doctor's office. Bring a good magazine. <laughs> and I'm like, not even taking my advice. I'm like up there asking the, am I next? Like, am I next? I saw mm -hmm. that guy's been back there for a while. Like, am I next? I've been right. waiting a long time. I've been quiet over here, patient. But, but that's what's led me to believe that the break is the right thing because all of these things are true. Mm -hmm. For me right now, and uh, I feel so buried that I can't, I can't find my way out of those feelings. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'm grateful for only one thing about this, about having our show canceled. That it did allow me to step back and go: Are you actually happy, or have you allowed yourself to get lost? And, uh, and that's the only thing that, honestly, I mean, other than people really rallying behind us and, like, being there for us and wanting to let us know that they were excited about this show and that they're like, when you are ready, we're ready, you know? That's Talk an amazing thing. Talk a little more thing. about that because I think that's such an important takeaway from, like, if every show you put on just went as planned, you wouldn't really 100% know how much people do have your back because it's a you know adversity that actually galvanizes <laughs> it does galvanize totally man. you know so we canceled the show and uh, the production company released the refunds and so we were preparing like a statement to announce it mm -hmm. and so the refunds started hitting people's emails because they had to do them one at a time through the system that they were using right. so it started hitting people's emails before we I started getting calls, text messages, emails, like people like not worried about the show, just like, are you okay? Yeah. Is everything okay? And I was like, that is probably the best response you could probably get where they're like, oh, I love you and this and what you're doing. Man, I don't care that I had plans to come to see you next Saturday. Mm -hmm. Like, I care that you're good. Yeah. Like, and I know, you know, and that that is an overwhelming feeling and I take that really seriously because like that's if you want to be reminded of why you got into it right like right. there it is right in front it's of you right there yeah. yep and uh well I hope that you continue to just remember that 
<laughs> over anything frustrating or negative about the whole situation because that really is the takeaway. That, that's the point, yeah. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think that getting some perspective so I don't miss the point is uh is what we need. Um, but we are uh, we're gonna try to film it this the set for the show this oh, Saturday okay. at our house. Um, hopefully it goes well. Um, and we're gonna put it out. Film it just to be like a just a little concert. Yeah, we're gonna put it on YouTube, but like do like an announcement. We decided like a couple days ago to film it. We we're gonna just run it ourselves because we've all worked so hard on this show and we're mm -hmm. super proud of this set. Mm -hmm. And we're like, do you guys just want to get together like on Saturday afternoon and just like play it. just play it? Because mm -hmm. like we love it, you know? And we were so happy. Yeah. Um, and like that's the other part of this too. I mean, you've been around my band like mm -hmm. and they just like love each other. It's like we've know all known each other since we were kids and uh, yeah. And that's the other thing is like, there was never a finger pointing moment. There was never, it was all just like a family going through like a loss, a you know? Thing, yeah. You know, and, mm -hmm. and everybody just had each other's backs and everybody was like, you know? And that's another thing I want to be more, I want to be grateful for that too. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you just have tunnel vision on a goal and arbitrary goals, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you miss that stuff, too. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to be that guy either. <laughs> You're a very thoughtful man, Jamie. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Well, first and foremost, you're a great fan. Thanks, and you put out awesome music. So, like, that's the number one thing. <laughs> and you're finding ways to... You know, it may feel like a grind to you, but like, I notice when a band from Philly all of a sudden is like, oh, they're going down there. Oh, they're playing Boston tomorrow. That's not nothing. You know, that is, you know, maybe you're not playing to 500 people in those towns, but you are spreading what you do. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure that whoever is present for your performances is digging it. I appreciate that. You know, I think that's the part that's true too. Is that that's the hunt part, <coughs> the hunting, mm -hmm. and not just. I love coming up with ideas, and I love executing them. <laughs> like I just do, and I've been a fan of music. But not just like the songs. I've been a fan of all of it since I was. I, I remember watching Hard Day's Night. Mm -hmm. My mom was a huge music person. I remember watching Hard Day's Night when I was like eight years old and dreaming literally about like being in the band. And I used to love the Monkees because like I was like I loved watching them talk in between playing songs. I loved it all. I loved guys carrying amplifiers. I just thought it was cool. Like all of that stuff when I was a kid. They used to have this country rock and fun fest, which they still do. And um, we used to go every year and watch the cover bands play. And uh, I used to just like watch them loading their gear and like interacting with each other and just being like, I love them and I want to do it. It looks like a fun world, you know? And uh, 
So I, I love this industry. I dreamed really big, but that's a good thing. But but I, you know, there's always part of me that'd be like, oh, Springsteen, like I'm gonna be friends with that guy someday, or like you know, like I'm I'm gonna be on shows with him, or oh, Tom Petty, yeah, like it's only a matter of time before like we're hanging out in Malibu together, not because we're famous, but because that's my people, you know, like, and uh, and I think there's part of me that maybe considered that the only gauge of success and that's just a tough way to live <laughs> it is a tough way to live you know and I kind of found this out for myself too because when the call fields were signed you know we were definitely in we were adjacent to all of these people that are household names and they're famous and we're like you know, we could be rubbing elbows with them, but it wasn't until after all that that I really found, like, what community could really be for me, you know? It wasn't until I became an independent musician again and started hosting open mic nights and, like, really getting granular into the music scene. Right. I was like... I relate just as much or more to these people who, you know, because there's a there's a certain what a musician at that level lacks in polish, like what they have in spirit, in terms of spirit, <laughs> and like just you know, it's hard to get up on stage and have two songs to like impress people in front of a room full of whomever, you know, like, <laughs> especially people who don't want to be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> And there's something about that that is just really, it just draws me. Whenever I have like a new song or two new songs, like I go and I play them. And I, because I feel like that's part of the whole thing. Like they have to not be good before they become good. <laughs> the song comes in like five seconds and then takes about six months to be ready. <laughs> you know? Like, mm -hmm. like I just have always found that and I think that like those kind of open mics like it's almost like you don't hear you don't hear it until you hear it sung like that and then you're mm -hmm. like oh this thing doesn't fly it doesn't have wings like it might someday or it might just not you know like it's you, you need the resonance against the room mm -hmm. to know oh this isn't actually very good it like doesn't float and plus it's kind of like I kind of find that if if I can play it once with a bunch of mistakes in front of people, like pretty much the very next time I do it, it'll be like miles further in terms of like my being able to just like mechanically perform it. It's one of the things that, I mean, we made Funeral Song, the last record we released in, in lockdown, basically, like mm -hmm. coming out of it when it was safe to be around a couple other people. But we basically made that with four people, me, Morgan, our producer, Scott, and, uh, our friend Ramon, who played drums. Ramon, yeah. Right. How we doing? Right. Y'all won't be needing this. Oh, no, no way. way. No way. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Thank okay? you. Thank you. Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had somebody <laughs> look at my food and be like, "You won't be needing this takeout box, I guess." <laughs> She's like, <laughs> just pointing right at you. <laughs> you. <laughs> um, I wish we would have been able to kind of play some of those songs live. For that exact reason, because you get a swing to them, or 
you're just like oh these feel a little tight you know like maybe yeah. they can loosen up a little bit mm-hmm. and they don't loosen up until you're in a room like that and you're watching the people move I, I wouldn't say it's the best song on that record but the song that like translates the best on our record is I'm Sorry Too and it's because we've been playing that since our first show and I've never recorded it like in that way and I was like oh yeah that's why that song feels like that is because I know what it feels like to play that to a bunch of people clapping you know like It's crazy. You can dedicate your life <laughs> to something that isn't actually like tangible, but it but it feels like it is. You know, it's just like just an idea. You just make noise and just chase that for twenty people years. like the noise. Yeah, you know? it's just crazy. It's a wild thing. I think anybody who clearly loves all those different aspects of playing music and writing it and performing it and doing all the stuff you got to do to get people to hear it, I mean, I think you're you're going to have higher highs and more difficult lows <laughs> because you're so invested yeah. at every level of it. You know, I mean, if you were just level. like. Oh, our, our booking agent, you know, just got us this gig and then right. uh, sold out, but we had to cancel it. It probably wouldn't sting as much as it did. No. You having put months and months of work into... Literally driving around looking at the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and lobbying everybody. That's mm-hmm. a... You know, I still have to do that sometimes, you know, with my my defunct band. Um, there, was yeah. a, there was a... There was a offer recently mm-hmm. for us to appear on a podcast, and look, like most non-big-time podcasts, you don't know who's going to hear it oh, in, in yeah, the course. end. Right, yeah, of course. And I was like, well, this guy offered to have us on, and it's uh, 7 o'clock, and you know, two Tuesdays from now, are you guys in? And... Yeah, there was like slow responses and like and uh I just feel like I live this life so and, you keep telling well, me well, Brett had been on it as a solo artist once before and he was like oh you mean the podcast the, uh, that has two views oh, Jesus. <laughs> so I wrote back I was like yeah that's the one <laughs> uh, you know it's like no you were like you're like actually I have six <laughs> views <laughs> Well, here's what I'll say. Like, n- nobody in the band was like over the top. Like, we gotta do this. Yeah, of course. But you know what? Like, we did it, and it was like the first time that we had all four like communicated since our show that we did in November. Like, like at once. Mm-hmm, right. And we're on a Zoom meeting, and we're just like having fun and answering questions, and you know, kind of that. Uh, nothing at stake kind of way 
and to a person like after we like hung up on this zoom call like the uh, the band text chain starts lighting up it was really nice to just just hang out hang out with yeah. you guys you know when's our next band dinner you know and I'm just like aha yeah that's you sons of bitches that's what the engine does mm -hmm. and that's something I relate to I that's what ruled the band up until COVID mm -hmm. and, and we've been recently saying as a band like we kind of did it our way until COVID then we did it their way and then we did a hybrid and nothing has been as good since we've done it our way mm -hmm. and I don't even mean successes quote unquote successes I meant the enjoyment level of when we were just kind of like let's see if we can get people to like this thing and then it was like let's see if we can get some more people to come out to the show Let's see if we can put out a better sounding song. But mm -hmm. it was never like, let's see if we can get this through our song. Like, let's see if our song can get us a record deal. Or let's see. Once it got into that world, it's like fun. It's like it's like uh, in, like the fun is hanging out in the room, right? And then mm -hmm. once it starts getting like that, the fun is like, I'm gonna go find another band to hang out with that has is playing for a different reason. And I'm gonna right. go hang out with them for a little while, mm -hmm. and uh, and stuff like that. Podcast is exactly. I knew that's where I was going because, like, that's the thing. It's really about you guys. You guys came together for a reason, right? And when you get reminded of why you came together, you're like, oh, okay. All this other crap is not so bad, <laughs> right? Well, the funny thing about the call field now is. And I'm being only slightly facetious with this, but I, you know, I often say, "I'm like, what do we need to like play music for? Let's just like have dinners." <laughs> that's really, uh, you know, that's really like the one setting, or you know, or like just socializing. That's the one setting where nothing about them frustrates me because we can all cook. Well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> You'll laugh at this. I I was on a real good streak with like contributing to these band dinners, <laughs> and then one day I bought these steaks that I guess they were like a little on the thin side, and I for whatever reason I saw this video. It's like ah, you gotta salt brine your steaks, you know. And I'm like, oh, all right. So I basically just like, uh, the bottom line is like, I, I came to this dinner with like four pounds of brigitte. <laughs> and they're like all like, you know. <laughs> this is great, John. It's a little, a little salty. <laughs> so I, I get endless wraps of shit for that. So it's like, amazing. All right, well then, you know, make your little Italian gravy and shut up. <laughs> I won't, I'll bring cheesecake for that one. I might just be the dessert guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with the, the dessert. That's, that's a pretty easy thing to do. But I, um, I do love that aspect of being in a band. Like, we're not obviously the traditional band hierarchy because mm -hmm. it's kind of Morgan and I as the focal point or whatever right. of the mm -hmm. band, and then. Carly and Graham just are kind of part of that. Um, that's made things a lot easier in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and you've known both of them since way back? 
Carly and Graham? Graham and I have been playing <laughs> together since we were 18. Wow. Um, and uh, he's one of, the, this is no lie, one of the most loving, emotionally intelligent people I know. Um, all of my best friends through my life have all been drummers. I find that drummers have a, have a, have a support about them. <laughs> like you're just you, in touch with the you know rhythm like, of your heart. <laughs> There's that. Um, and Carly, I worked with her mom in restaurants from the time I was like 14. Okay. And then our families have known each other since before we were born. Wow. So it's just a Conshohocken thing. Unfortunately. Wait, wait, thing. was that, that? That's not a take on it's a Philly thing. No. It's a. It's yeah. So it's no, really that's a whole another situation. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've kind of have all known each other for a very long time. It's beautiful. I love that. And uh, <clears throat> there's never been a time with the four of us where I've felt like they didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. It gets harder as you get older, and you to schedule things it, it work around schedules that's just difficult but that's different for any band whether you're sure. you know kids or whatever mm-hmm. but it gets harder as you get older get married and there's careers and blah 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 but unequivocally when they are either like in the room playing or responding in a text message they are 100% dedicated in that moment yeah and that's an amazing thing to get from because I'm sure you've played in bands with people or that are just like um, you say to them, I hope somebody comes out tonight, see the show, and they're like, I don't care, you know, like, or or they're like, well, you think we're gonna be done by like nine thirty? Because I I have a friend's yeah, party, you know. I, I think I've lucked out of that <laughs> pretty much for the most part, you know. The yeah, only, but I mean, I, this is not to say that I haven't had major problems <laughs> in bands, but. It's really not <laughs> commitment. It's it's more just uh, either it's disagreements over either the music or how we're just doing stuff. So or I was, there, or it's more like a personal thing, you know. But Graham and I were in bands when I was younger, like when we started playing when we were eighteen, and I was a horrible band leader. In my early twenties, like just a jerk, and I yeah, thank you. And I did everything I could this time around to not be the same person. All right, so you have to tell me, like, how were you a jerk? Um, I think I didn't want to hear anyone's anyone's ideas. I didn't want to. I didn't want to take full responsibility for the band either, but I wanted it run how I wanted it. Right. Does that does that make sense? That so, sounds crazy. If everything goes right, yay me. If everything anything goes wrong, your fault. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. Yeah. Um, so there was never that, and there was also like, I learned to be like, let's try that, mm-hmm. as opposed to being like, nope, <laughs> you know. Nope. <laughs> um, and that was that's what I didn't want to be. I also wanted to be more respectful of people's schedules. And I wanted to say, okay, well, you know what? This is going to be really hard to forge ahead as a traditional band structure. Because I know that I kind of, Morgan and I want this a certain way. Yeah. So we're going to call it like it is from the beginning. This is kind of our thing. 
but we love you and we want you to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. But Morgan and I are going to make a lot of the decisions. Right. And Morgan and I are going to kind of call how this goes. But I was up front from the beginning with that. And that was, I felt like, a difference maker. Right. And, for, and, you know, I don't, I, I have had certainly interactions with Graham and Carly. They seem like really cool people. Like, you tell me, are, you think that they're just particular personalities play into making a dynamic like that work? Or do you feel like maybe there's, you know, like, God, I wish I had an equal vote in this um, kind of a thing? You know, I think that, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't really know. I think Carly would like to play more, but I would like to play more too. Like more gigs. Right. Yeah. But but there's a balance that you have to strike with like your draw, you yeah. know, like you oh, can't yeah. wear it. And so there's this, that other side of it that I'm, I'm responsible for, for seeing the whole a little bit the down field. the road, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I wish that Graham lives in Brooklyn, and so oh. he's from here. Yeah. So but how long has he has he lived in Brooklyn the whole time? Since I've we were guy? since we were like nineteen when he went to NYU. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, um, well so he makes a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. But his wife is from here too, so like. He can work around the let's go visit a family, you know, like there's right. the, that element of it. So I just really, I try to ask them as many questions as I can, mm -hmm. and then I try to check off as many of the things that they would like as possible right. while still trying to, and that's that's part of the burnout too of five and a half years, of, and th that's not that's not their fault. That's right. how I wanted to run my ship. Yeah. And that's exhausting, though. You know, when oh, somebody's like, hey, can we start a little earlier? And then I have to send three other text messages because those, you kind of want to ask outside of the thread because you don't right. want to put anyone on Front Street. And I don't mind any <laughs> of those politics because I want to make sure everyone feels right. safe. I know. And the they're an individual and they're not just like a, yeah. a person in a thread. Exactly. Yeah. So I. So that's part of the tie, the exhaustion is mm -hmm. that too, because everything takes, whether you're, whether we're booking a duo show or whether we're putting together a rehearsal for the full band, there's about 20 emails to like a million different things, right. you know, and, and, uh, I was telling Morgan, it's not, it's not like somebody comes in in this industry and just like cuts your head off and you die. It's death by a thousand cuts, of course. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. It's not exactly this thing that <laughs> will ruin you. It's about like the forty-seven emails that it took. Yes, well, um, that's definitely true. So, yeah, I, but you know the bottom line, and this is as a, a, a friend and a fan and somebody who can observe you objectively. Like whatever it is that you guys have set up as your hierarchy or whatever, it works great because when you're the four of you are on stage together. You got that thing. Oh, it's a really, that. you know, it makes. I mean, you know, like any musician who goes to another band's show that they're friends with, you look around the room. Yeah, and you see, <laughs> you know, like every show of yours that I've been to, like there's there's something happening that's beyond just like you getting up there and playing songs. There is a 
you're you're making people's day noticeably better. <laughs> you know, I mean, you just look around and you know, I mean, I I recognize some of your core people by this point. Yeah. But like they are genuinely happy to be there and they 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 have, I've never once felt like Oh, I've seen this person at their shows a lot. Like, I wonder if they feel obligated to be there. Right. I don't get that sense. No, I... Think I they really want to be there. I appreciate that. And, and, and I actually... I, I feel in the last... So we got together in, in Brooklyn to rehearse for mm-hmm. this... For the, the show that never was. <laughs> and uh, we talked about that at the rehearsal. That That's like the real part about what is keeping it going. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah, it's like it's like faith. Like you just believe that that thing exists in in the room when we play, and I, and we believe that mm-hmm. we believe that. Like it feels like it's transcending. Like your friend being like, "Yeah, I'll come," and more being like, "I can't wait to come because yeah. it's fun." Right. And and I feel like we do genuinely have a respect for that, mm-hmm. and that's what is actually guiding the ship is like oh no we did we haven't just worked really hard to put music out we've really ha- worked really hard to facilitate a true like connection yeah you know that and, and i great. think we have a big respect for that and i think that that comes from like you had asked about the personality thing i think that that comes because we all like really buy into each other like as like people mm-hmm. and like and we believe in this thing like together and uh I'm sure I told you that. I'm always quoting stupid musicians, but Tom Petty told somebody, like, the guy from the Del Fuegos, he's starting a new band, oh, yeah. and he said to him, like, oh, I'm going to go to L.A. and get some guys and start a new band. Oh, uh, right. And Tom Petty... Why are you going out there? Yeah, you should go back to your hometown. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and and I'm, I'm a real believer in that. Yeah. I just... I feel like they were listening to what's on the radio. Like, that's what Ben Montench said in an interview. Like, we're all listening to the same radio. We all, like, right. meet at the same places. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that. I don't. I really wouldn't want to do this with other people, honestly. Yeah. And uh, it's like a real thing for me that I that I'm through the process of getting to this like little time away. I'm starting to when you're en- ending school and you, you hand in your last assignment, like you can actually start to see your friends, like mm-hmm. and th- and the place you go every day. That's like how I feel. We've crossed checked off a lot of work stuff recently and it's kind of just looking at down the barrel of being like oh yeah these are the people that I want to I want to do this with and this is what I want to do I just I just want to not be so hard on myself and I think that a little vacation from it well that's always that. the key be kind to yourself <laughs> man it's if you so do hard that, you'll be kind to everybody else <laughs> well what's funny is that I tend to think that like I tend to think to myself don't be you don't know how much that person can take so be nice but I tend to feel about myself that I can take it I can take the I can take the abuse right and it's just it's wholly untrue <laughs> it, is a, it is a thing that we fool ourselves into trying to believe that's for sure I mean, I, 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 am I my own biggest bully <laughs> oh I'm certainly that way on myself absolutely you know I mean and it does take like a concern, uh, you know. I think you're doing the right thing. Like, if you feel like it's it requires that sort of stepping away, 
in order to like really appreciate what you have, by all means, it's it's worth taking three months of not playing shows or doing whatever. It's a, it's a little bit of not talking about it too, because mm-hmm. Morgan is bears the the brunt of hearing every horrible right. idea. She's your she's your partner in every <laughs> capacity, so. Well, that's one of the benefits for me of uh, being where I am. I just talk to myself. <laughs> and I never get tired of hearing me. Well, oh no. <laughs> Quite the opposite. I, uh, I like the safety valve because I don't... I think if, if I was to pursue this as a solo person, one of the things that I admire about you is that you seemingly, and, and when I talk to you, have this cool demeanor about how this all how this all goes it's almost like you're saying <laughs> I've seen this but not because you've even experienced it but because you like how they describe quarterbacks being able to see the field clearly you seem to see this field clearly <laughs> and I always feel I'm, calmer I'm, when I'm, I'm around I'm, you I'm the, you ever hear that Fountains of Wayne song all kinds of time <laughs> that's me <laughs> that's no, I, mean, I mean but I don't have those buffers yet for myself to to allow I don't have the the bumper lanes I just you know rain to the gutter <laughs> listen you and I have had conversations about all this big picture stuff before yeah. and like I really feel like you have your head on straight in a way that a lot of people kind of don't <laughs> oh, I appreciate that <laughs> um because I think you're very mindful about appreciating what you do have going on, even though all of us wish, man, if I could just get that one thing to, you know, that one domino to fall. For sure. There would be all these other possibilities or whatever, but um, I really do believe that you make your own happiness in the world, especially, you know, I mean, I've come to believe that more in recent years I certainly probably was not where n- nowhere near being that guy when I was your age <laughs> I mean when you were talking about oh I was just, I was a jerk <laughs> I was like yeah it reminds me of me <laughs> hmm. because I, I was very much the same way like I I wanted to be the driver of things and if if it's taken all of these years and all these experiences for me to, you know, I've spent a lot of time in the past five years looking retrospectively at a lot of my whole life experience, not just musical, but life, life. Well, as you're writing your book. Yeah. And I came to a conclusion that surprised me because I never ever framed it like this but you know all the all the best decisions or even the best music I've ever made has been when I was willing to let go of this I gotta prove it that I can do it myself but it it's just that thing that makes you feel like if you don't do it by yourself, it's somehow less valid in the end. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I got goosebumps because like, that's like, unfortunately, what I've locked into. And, the, and it's so stupid because like, 
Name one person who even asks such a thing. Oh, did you record that on your own SM7B, buddy? Or <laughs> did you have to have some help? You know, like... <laughs> Nobody well, gives a fuck. Yeah, it's really that's. I think nobody cares how the sausage is made, right? Like, I mean, like. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. And I've always had trouble. I have this horrible relationship with that exact thing, which is, I've always been averse to help, and I've always felt like it wasn't valid unless a bigger person has taken you and made you something. Weirdly, at the exact same time, I have this feeling, which is like. The, probably the what will be on my headstone. <laughs> like, doesn't want anyone to help. Doesn't feel like he could do it on his own. R.I.P. R.I.P. Question mark. <laughs> so what's your epitaph going to be, huh? I need to put a little thought into that myself. It's later than you think, people. Later than you think. Um, well, I don't know. John Fay, he uh, enjoyed his life, did what he had a passion for doing, um, rejected false gods, <laughs> tried to lead with love. Oh, and he got a burger once in a while. You know, as my mom used to say, you need some fat honey. <laughs> you can hear that spot-on impression of my mom and much more in my audiobook. Ah, <laughs> the age of endless shameless plugs has begun. Enough of that. I want to thank my friend Jamie Salvatore for the open, interesting conversation we had at Andy's. You know, if you're a lifer musician, this pod is really dedicated to you because it's musicians talking to musicians about what musicians go through. And, um, I don't know, you're just my people. You know, all music lovers are my people. Thanks to everybody who listens to this show, whether you play music or just love listening to it. I'm John Kim Fay, and I hope to see you next time on Talking at the Diner.